Whoa, wait, what? That's better. Hi there, and welcome to Season 2 of the If You Ask Betty podcast. This podcast is about all kinds of development topics for all kinds of learning professionals. I am Betty Danowitz, and today we're talking with Evo Terra all about operationalizing your podcast. Hi, Evo. Hello, Betty. Nice to be here with you today. Thanks for having me. And thanks for being on the podcast today. Hey, just in case there's one person out there living under a rock and doesn't know who you are, can you help our listeners get to know you better by giving us a quick intro about you and maybe even how we met? Yeah, I'll 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 do half of that well. The rest I'm not so sure about because my memory is faulty these days. But uh-huh. I will say that again, my name is Evo Terra and I have been in the podcasting space since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Or at least the beginning of podcasting. Um all the way back in 2004, I had the 40th podcast ever, which was just more serendipity than <laughs> planning and strategy on my part. I also got the chance because of that early uh, entry into the space to write podcasting for dummies, which I did in 2005, then launched a business that helped authors reach larger groups of people with their work uh, by releasing their books that they had written as self-narrated audiobooks. We called that podiobooks.com back in the day. And fast forward to 2016, I launched a company called Simpler Media, and we make podcasts for businesses, take care of all the behind the scenes stuff that businesses do not wish to do in the Mm -hmm. podcasting world. Mm -hmm. And I think in 2018, I started a show called, was it 2018? I think it was 2018, 18, I don't know, called Podcast Pontifications, which is a daily program where I talk about the future of podcasting and uh, work with other podcasters to make podcasting better. Yes, you do a great job too. Now how we met, um, that's a a fuzzier thing for me because most of my connections are weird serendipitous moments. I I have a difficult time remembering the exact moment I met somebody or how they were introduced to me. So you refresh my memory. Okay. Okay, good. I was kind of hoping you would ask me that. So it was serendipitous. So I happened to be cruising I don't know, my email or my feed. And there was a instructional designers in offices drinking coffee video cast that was going right. on with Brent Schlenker. I can say it right if I'm not being recording. But anyways, uh, and it said, it said podcasting with Evo Terra. I was like, I don't know, who's Evo Terra? Whatever he's going to talk about <laughs> podcasting. So I'm, and I had, I had been podcasting for, I don't know, probably five or six months at that point. Mm-hmm. So I tuned in and I was sucked in, riveted, uh, and uh, I've been fangirling you ever since and not afraid to say that. Stalking (laughs) slash researching you all the time. Um, So I'm super stoked and mildly intimidated that you are here on my podcast. (laughs) Well, I will promise to be nice. And uh, yeah, Brent is a a local Phoenix podcaster. Yes, he is. Yeah. And uh, we we used to, you know, pre-pandemic, we had this thing we would go to every month uh, called uh, the PHX Phoenix Podcast Club. And Brent would uh, attend some of those and ask me to speak at some of his other events and organizations when on the podcast. And so, uh, yeah, serendipity, man. That's is how it works in podcasting. We never know how the connections are going to fold out. It is. And then I connected with you on LinkedIn and, um, you know, 
periodically drive you crazy by asking you to do me favors like this. And that's And here we are. (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) So uh, thanks again for doing this one. Uh, You're welcome. So today we're talking about operationalizing your podcast. I feel like you might know a little bit about this. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I admire most about you is your tenacity, your stick-to-itiveness with your podcast routine. And not only do you do you actually make it happen and we get to see it happen, but you talk about it because when you get on your podcast pontifications, you're like, you're like, okay, in about two minutes, I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to start the preamble. And then, you know, at, in two hours and 58 minutes, you're going to get this in your email. And I'm like, man, I want to have that kind of drive and determination and routine. That's pretty cool. So tell us a little bit about your rhythm with Pontask Pontask Podcast Pontifications. How does that roll? Ah, uh, yeah, it is. It's an <laughs> and once again, not really set forth as as original strategy, but it's something I kind of developed over time. Um, so you're right. My my process of making podcast pontifications uh, every day, and by every day I mean four days a week, Monday through Thursday, when I'm not on break, um, is a pretty set thing. And and that's largely because there's a live stream component mm-hmm. to it. Um, that's one reason. The second reason is I'm a big believer in making sure that your episodes are published on a very regular and predictable cadence, mm-hmm. not just a time, not just a day of week, but also time of day. And I had originally started podcast pontifications just as an only a live video thing because I really wasn't talking to existing podcasters way back then. It was Mm -hmm. more for businesses thinking about getting into podcasting. And so I went live every day at 10 o'clock was the was the rule that I put in place just because it seemed like a good time to do it. Mm -hmm. And I let that carry forward. Now the show has shifted. Now the show is for working podcasters uncovering things about the present and future of podcasting we need to be thinking about as we make podcasting better, as you well know. Mm -hmm. But I kept to that, let's do it. Let's release this thing at 10 o'clock in the morning, just when I used to do the live stream, right? So I had to kind of back into when is a good time to do that. A lot of people who do a daily podcast will produce a bunch of episodes in batch. Mm-hmm. They'll sit for the weekend and record six or seven different episodes over the entire week, if they will, and then let those go out, or sometimes 20 or 30 at a time, and let sure. those go out over the entire month. And and I love people who can do it that way. I don't do it that way. Mine is very much a, a, a daily rhythm because I wanted to experience that in, in all of the 16, 17, whatever the math comes to years of doing podcasting, I've never done something like this before. Mm-hmm. So it was more of a, I want to try it than anything else. So I, I, that's a very long preamble to say I've got two, I've got several different um, start times that I have now, I guess two primarily. So 7am, the yes. one you're familiar with because mm-hmm. you do nicely show up on a regular basis when mm-hmm. I'm doing my live things. So 7am is when I go live on the actual live stream, which a handful of people watch. And then my next number I have to meet is 10 a.m. So three hours later, it has to be live. And and as you know, Betty, there's a lot to do. I mean, I'm doing the live yes. stream, which is one thing. And I start the stream usually at around 6.59 is when, the, when I'm usually hitting start the stream so that I'm on by 7 o'clock. I then kind of chatter and just get the voice warmed up for the first three or four minutes. And then by around 7.04 or 7.05, I 
actually produce the show itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm done within 10 minutes, as you know, do a little bit of chitter chatter towards the end to say goodbye to everybody. And then it's a race. It's really a race to get everything done and out the door by 10 o'clock in the morning. That means editing the audio, which is really easy because mm -hmm. mine is straight shot. I'd really have to do a retake. So my editing is 10 minutes, maybe on the, on the, um, on the outside of that. But then it's a matter of getting the transcript rewriting that transcript into a complete article, um, getting the imagery all set to done, getting my production assistant to take the transcript and correct the transcript so that pre-publishing time, I can actually attach that corrected transcript to the audio when it's published and also to the article that gets published on the website when mm -hmm. it goes live. So it's amazing how much work it takes to put together a 10-minute daily podcast, um, but it does. And that's not even counting. That's not even counting the hour prior to that. I'm usually in my chair between 6 and 6.15, getting the notes and the script of the show ready to go. Yeah. So I'm recording. So I will say this. I could not do a daily show with a three or four hour turnaround time if I didn't have it tightly operationalized. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, and uh, you make that very evident when I get to watch your live stream, um, which is always fun because sometimes sometimes you mess up the preamble and <laughs> the look on your face is like, man, I know that feeling. Like, oh. <laughs> that's why yeah. I always do it ahead of time because that's the one thing that I do read word for word. Everything yes. else is me more peripheral vision of my notes following the outline. And there's two parts of your brain. There's the part of the brain that engages when you're narrating. And then right. there's the part of the brain that engages when you're following just kind of an outline. And yeah. I understand that. <laughs> I've taught, I've been taught that the hard way. So yes, I always read that cold open at least once out yes, loud. Yes. And yeah. I, I'm probably, I probably get it right 75% of the time, yeah. but the other time it's like, A, that sounds terrible. Uh, right. B, Though those words don't cut those, those syllables don't come out of my mouth in that order properly. Let uh -huh. me rearrange those things or sometimes I just screw it up completely, which is, which is kind yes. of fun too. <laughs> yes. And you've really sort of made that methodic in the best way that I can say that it's methodic because you, I think I mentioned this, um, on one of your, one of your recent episodes is the number of words and the, the, I don't know the amount of time you spend in that cold open. Oh, it was when you came to my podcast class. That's what it was. Yeah, It's like almost always the same. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if you do it on purpose or it's just a matter of, um, you know, having done it so many times. I, I think it's a mix. Um, yeah. there, there's, there's a formula. So prior to my life as a podcaster, I spent 20 years running digital advertising agencies. Uh, and a, a lot of that was writing copy part of life. And there are some tricks you learn along the way as you become a writer. And there are ways to write headlines. There are ways to write lead statements and there are ways to write everything else. And so I think a lot of that is ingrained to me, but yeah, that, that cold open of mine, it, there is a formula to, to mm -hmm. how it goes. Uh, and there's a certain character count. Uh, and also because of, <laughs> because of my writing style, it's very me you know, I had, I had some uh, junior copywriters and even senior copywriters working for me in the years back. And they have told me that um, they can smell a piece that I wrote. Uh -huh. I, just, <laughs> I, I am no ghostwriter at all because I'm just so, my voice is so prevalent yes. in everything that I write. It's the, There becomes a natural cadence that, that comes out mm -hmm. of that. Um, and that's just repetition and, and practice. But yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty tight. Yeah. It's really, you've really got it down to a science. It's so, did you, 
how did you get to that? How did you get to that place where it's down to a science? Did you just wake up one day and be like, I'm going to do it this way? Were there mm. iterations along the way? Lots of iterations, very, a very evolutionary process. This mm -hmm. works, this doesn't work. I feel better about this, uh, a variety of ways, you know, and I've probably, I mean, that that's like evolution. It, it is an ongoing thing. Mm -hmm. um, within the last year, I flipped everything upside down. In, in my in my planning process, it used to be when I would plan out my episodes, I was very linear. I was very linear about uh -huh. that. I'd write the title, I would write the subtitle, which becomes the cold open. I yeah. would then write the the leading statement, um, and then I would write the the points or the outline underneath it, and um, then I would write the ending. And I would do that in a linear fashion. And I've and I've changed that now um, because what I realized is that. If I, it takes a lot of time to write a title. I mean, mm -hmm. it takes an amazing amount of time to get a title right. And a title is so, so important. Mm -hmm. So now that's the last thing that I do. And so what I work on now is I work on the body uh, of the content. First, I write out my outline is the first and foremost. And I know the topic. I know the angle I'm going for. But I write my notes out in the outline format first. And then I work up and I fill out the leading statement. Okay, how am I going to, if that's the story I'm telling, Yes. How do I get there? What is the first thing someone's going to hear from me after the cold open? Um, so I can kind of get there. What's that statement that, that brings them into that? And then I go up one more and I write that cold open slash subtitle, mm -hmm. which is like the, oh, that sounds like an interesting thing I want to listen to. Or nope, don't care about that. Move on. Totally intentional yeah. why I do that. And then I agonize for 15 minutes or so over what the title needs to look yeah. like. And then... I remember how to go back and now I got to write the ending. <laughs> what am I trying to say around all this? So, but I didn't do that to start. I didn't know that was the right way. And I'm not saying it's the right way. It's, it's what my works right for you. Way. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. certainly the episodes are tighter. I feel better about them. I'm no longer wondering where am I in my clock? And how I used to hit that 10 minute mark, like, and I'm like scrambling to end before 10 minutes is up. Now the episodes are more like six or seven minutes long. Sure. And I'm getting everything out that I want to because I've had more structure and put in, I put in place before it. And um, I think the episodes are a whole lot tighter because of that. Yeah. And it's more comprehensive too, because you're, you're not spending time trying to think of what's the next thing that you want to say or how am I going to connect yeah. it? You've already done that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that is like hashtag podcast goals. This is what, this is what we want, but it takes discipline uh, to do that. And a lot of times we just don't slow down enough to do that. At least I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so as you kind of made those iterations and those changes, what lessons did you learn through that process? Like, I'm sure that in some way your focus changed. Did, did the podcast change because of those iterations? Yeah, I, I think it did. Uh, but, but all in a good and, and natural mm -hmm. way. As you just said, you know, when I started, I was just like, hey, this is the thing I want to talk about, and I'll talk about it for 10 minutes, and I'll shut the recorder off just to see where my brain is, is going to go. Um, but yeah, th just through the natural progress of figuring things out, it it had to change. And that actually changes me and my, and my planning process that for even – before I sit down to record, the idea of how I process and, and think about the content I want to bring to the show, where I get it from. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's changed my whole morning. My morning used to be, I'll tell you what my morning used to be. My morning used to be, because I wake up stupid early, as you know, like yes. sometimes four or five o'clock in the morning because my brain won't let me do that. Mm -hmm. And it used to be a matter of, well, let's get all of the the things out of the way. Run through email, make sure there's nothing I've got to deal with over there. Let's jump into the 
17 different Slack and Discord channels I'm part of. Make sure nothing really weird has happened in there. Run through Twitter. Let's flip through Reddit for you know all of those pages and kind of get a, my handle of what happened in the 8 to 12 hours I was away from the world. Uh-huh. Once that was done, then I would go, okay, let's work on today's show. I don't do that first bit anymore. I, okay. I don't I don't look at what happened in the last 12, 12 hours or so. Now my process is because I start this thing at six o'clock in the morning, my process is focused. From the minute I get up, the only thing I'm thinking about is the episode that's going out that day. So every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, that's my whole world from mm-hmm. wake up time until I finally hit publish at around nine or 9.30 or whatever time it is in the morning to go. It is all focused on that. I don't check email. I don't look at my text messages. Um, I, I have a few ways that clients can get in touch with me if there's something extremely urgent, but I try to not work in the urgent category very often with most yes. of the clients I'm working with. We, I don't, uh-huh. I'm not in that particular situation. I mean, there are a few days when there's like, oh, a big event is happening today. I've got to do something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, the, the podcast has changed how I approach the first half of my day, which is vastly different than it was just a year ago. So, mm-hmm. so that's kind of cool. Yeah, that is really cool. So we should expect that then that as we iterate and change, things will change in the podcast um, and things like that. I think that's very validating to hear that. Yeah, it, it has to, you know, there's several different adages, but the this one that I like is no battle plan ever survives first contact with the enemy. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing for us. You can put together the plan that you want. But something's going to go wrong Mm -hmm. immediately. And the great news is it's not a battle. We're not in a fight. We can learn from that. We can adapt. And tomorrow or the next week when we try it, we can learn from that and adapt again. And and you'll you'll always continue to adapt. The the process I have in place right now works for me right now under these particular conditions. Mm -hmm. But it might not work. Next month, I don't know, but you sure. just always got to be willing to change. Luckily, it's rare that you have to do a huge wholesale change. Yeah. These are much more, you know, I, I used evolutionary, I'll use it again, evolutionary, small iterative changes that make the process better for you, the podcaster primarily, the audience, everybody's life around you, whatever. You just have yes. to keep adapting. Yes. And so what I'm hearing from you about operationalizing your podcast is you have to be adaptable. Um, you having a routine is very helpful in getting what you need done, done. Yeah. And then once you establish it, you may change it and that's okay. Uh, just be consistent. And then let me ask you about sort of format as far as seasons go. Mm. So I don't know what the right answer is. Should you have seasons? Should you not have seasons? Yep. But really, it's because I'm really bad at ending things. Like I'm the worst. <laughs> I am the worst at it. Right. Um. I just, I just well, rather hard. just keep going. Yeah. So it's like, like with mine, I'm on. I think I just dropped episode 61. Yeah. And at, I, I said from the beginning, I'm going to do 52 episodes, and that's going to be yep. 52 episodes in a year, and that's going to be the season. And and I did at 53, I changed to season two and I didn't like it. And I went back the next day and I changed it back to episode 53. <laughs> so like, how did you sort of decide on seasons? Like, what is the season for you? Right. So the primary reason I did a season was for uh, my own mental health, because I mm. didn't want to be committed to doing it all the time. I like to take breaks. I like mm-hmm. to take naps. So therefore I like to take breaks. So mm-hmm. I knew early on when I did this, that I will do this for, I didn't have a, a, a 
total plan in mind, but I knew that I would do this for a while. Then I would take large times off, like multiple uh-huh. weeks away and, and, and just take a break. And, and that's, I, I knew that going into things. Um, you know, the, the, the question of to season or to not season is yes. never ending in the podcasting world. There are certain people who say, no, you have to do it every single week or day or whatever and be there. And it's the only way to keep your show growing and what or whatever. And I'm, and I'm sure that works for those people. Sure. But then again, we also have podcasts. Let's not forget about serial. Mm-hmm. You know, we, people have way different expectations and, and that's just the reality of things. Every, everybody's got a different expectation. So my approach to seasons and my advice to people when they, when they think about putting together a season is start with the end in mind. You just mentioned you have a tough time ending things. I had a terrible time. Everyone has a tough time ending things. That's why I love a lot of books and I hate most books endings. I love a lot of movies and I hate most movies endings because it's the same problem. No one's good at doing this. I mean, we're just, we're not good at finalizing. That's why most songs on the radio you hear, there's no ending. They just keep trailing off and trailing off with a Uh 30 second fade at the end, right? That's because they're lazy (laughs) and didn't write a good solid ending. It's hard. Putting a conclusion together is, is really tough for for a, a lot of people. So I have said, mine now is, as you know, is I take two different breaks during mm-hmm. the year and I call a season a year. So my season stopped on, well, this year it was May 27th. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the end of season three. The show will start back up again sometime around July 15th or so. Usually it starts right after the, whatever the first Monday is after the 4th of July holiday. Mm-hmm. But because my wife and I are traveling this year, I've, I'm extending that by a week. We're doing mm-hmm. that. So that will start season four, but season four will have a mid season break at the end of October. I Evo, take off. It's called Evo's yeah. long winter's nap. That's right. Evo's long winter's nap. Takes Am I place. freaking you out a little bit? Just a little bit. <laughs> and that's quite all right. Yeah. I, um, you know, clear, clearly stealing things from, uh, from the, the children's poem about, you know, the Christmas. Yes. Uh, so Absolutely. yeah, November and December, uh, I take off and I come back again after the, um, after the, after the first of the year, the, 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 you know, the, the new year's holiday. And then that season will resume again and go all the way through until the, uh, the, the, the June timeframe yeah. once again. And, and that works for me because again, it's, it's a mental health break. It also allows me to take some time to reflect. And like you said, you you finished, I think you said episode 52, and then you did episode 53 with a new format. You didn't like it. Let me ask yeah. you a question. How yeah. long between episode 52 and 53? Uh, it was the next week. See, that's, to me, not really a season break. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's just saying, okay, that's over, and now the next one. So I, I always put that break in mind because I plan on doing a lot of, and I always do, a lot of reflecting. Not yeah. only on the current, on the, on the next season, if it's the summer break that I take, but mm-hmm. I also reflect mid season in that break. And how do I, what do I like? What do I, there's something I'm not happy with. And here's the other trick about seasons. You can change your format mid season. Yeah. I've done it. I mean, I, I, I think what I did last time, I remember doing it. I was doing a lot of themes. I was doing like, okay, these four days are all going to be about ethics and podcasting. And so I have four things I'm going to do for ethics and podcasting this week. And they're all going to be tightly related together. And I'm going to mention, hey, if you missed, it's now Wednesday. If you missed Monday and Tuesday, I talked about these two things. Go back and listen to that. So I was doing that. And then I took my mid-season break and realized that's hard 
to figure out that much planning from your head. And I also don't really like it because I was, I felt like I was making listeners who only tuned in occasionally because look, I, I, I understand that when I'm putting out this much content, not everyone can listen to everything I do. Sure. So if sure. you listen, if you didn't listen to Monday and Tuesday, I'm kind of making you feel bad for things that you missed. Yeah. And it's like catching up in the middle of a story and they weren't really that way. So I decided to not, I decided to not do that anymore. So for me, I break it up because of primarily me. It lets me recharge my batteries, lets me get going. And here's the thing. I don't lose any listeners over it. When I, when I mm-hmm. start publishing again in July, my download numbers, which are bogus numbers anyhow, are going to look about the same as they look any other time. Because yeah. there's, I give people plenty of head front, uh, up front. I'm going on break. At the end of May with the last episodes, I'll be back in June, I'll be back in July, back in July, back in July. I yeah. said that for like the last three weeks. Yes. So no it, one who's been listening is surprised and no one who listens to the episode I the last episode of the season I put out is going to think can't wait for tomorrow no they're very clear I got 3 minutes of talking about not coming back until July again I've operationalized that piece of keeping your listeners informed of what's coming next that's yes. hard to do yes what other parts uh have you operationalized to sort of keep track and keep on time so I work with um a couple of pieces of software that you know make this whole thing happen. Uh, actually, three pieces of software I use. I, I use a tool called Isotope, which I've just recently got some good training on, on how to make my audio quality significantly better. Mm-hmm. So there is about a 10-minute process of, let's call that sweetening up the audio prior to getting it into the audio editor. This is just a, totally a sweetening tool. Then I put it in the editor, right, which is Hindenburg is my DAW. Um, I use Descript. Uh, yes, to get my transcript out. Yes. But but what happened recently, speaking of Descript, uh, so let me, let me finish that. After oh, Descript, sorry. I then give it to um, my production assistant, Allie. Mm-hmm. She comes along into Descript and then does a corrected transcription, So which I, which I think I mentioned at the beginning of, of the show. But we had to change the operation around that because it was a case where Look, I will just post the transcript whenever Allie gets it done. She's busy. Mm-hmm. She's on the other side of the country. She's an actor. And so she's got a thousand things going on. So I didn't want to push that to what's going on. Well, not long ago, my podcast hosting, my podcast media hosting company, Captivate, disclaimer, I'm on the board. Um, they mm-hmm. implemented a change where now you can upload a transcript directly to the RSS feed so that the handful of podcast readers out there who are looking at transcript will now display it for people who are uh, hearing impaired, who, mm-hmm. you know, who, who need, who need the transcript. So Allie and I had to change our entire process um, of, of getting that done because she has a very finite window before she, her rest of her day begins. So I have to get her the transcript by seven 30 in the morning, my time. If I don't hit that deadline, she has a very tough time getting it back to me so that mm-hmm. I can publish that at the exact same time. So everything had to be kind of flipped around a little bit. Like, okay, I have to do this quicker and that. And now I need to move the video processing to over here. That's the thing about operations. You can set it in place, but you, again, you have to be able to adapt to new circumstances yeah. and new changes that continue to happen. So, so that's been, uh, that's a change. Uh, while we were doing that, we also changed how we promote, how we promote mm-hmm. the show. Um, it, and, and how Allie does the job, because Allie will take that from Descript and then make a bunch of audiograms with it and, and produce content and give it to me here. It gets on Instagram. So there's a few things we still haven't properly uh, 
operationalized, like how do we get things onto Instagram on a more regular basis? Because that falls on me and I fall down quite a bit. So there's always something new to change. I mean, sure. every every bit of this process requires change. Then there's the website and then there's connecting with um, either IFTTT or Zapier or Zapier, excuse me, to get various things out. That's the fun thing. If, if you like operations, and I like operations, there yeah. is so much you can do. You can really get into the nitty gritty and have a lot of things processed for you automatically, but not in a lazy sort of way, but just, you sure. know, set it up so that it works and the dominoes fall right each and every time. And I think what you're describing is why a lot of podcasters fall out uh, after they've done a few episodes, maybe even 10, and then it gets too hard because yeah. they're not operationalizing it. They're not using those tools that are out there. And I, I like the ones that you've mentioned. Um, I use Hootsuite to help me sure. with posts and things like that. Mm -hmm. Although I get mad at it a lot because when I want to do videos, it's like, well, we can't send that to LinkedIn. And I'm like, well, why not? Like, fine, <laughs> I'll do it. But I'm paying you to do it. Like I yell right. at it. I'm like, yeah. I'm paying you to do this. You should be doing it. Um, I love Descript. Uh, it's fantastic. And it, Descript is a great way too to like, if you have to get information from somebody else, if you, if you, if you talk them into letting you hit record mm -hmm. and then you just throw it into Descript, yeah. like it doesn't even have to be like a podcast episode. It can just be a way to download information from another person. So, oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. I, I yeah. use it outside of podcasting for, for that exact same thing. Somebody said, yeah. Hey, you were mentioned here. Um, okay. I could sit and listen to it for 30 minutes or I could throw it in Descript. And, yeah. and search for the various ways Descript spells my name, which I know intently now. <laughs> what are they? What are they? Evo, oh, EVO. Okay, what else? Yeah, uh, well, there's a lot of IVO because uh, oh, that's yep. another way to, that's in fact, if you're Europeans, uh, can never get my name right. It's always Evo for them mm. instead of Evo because I and E, uh, they pronounce it weird. Um, and then uh, Tara is oftentimes with T-A-R-A. -A. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, I'll get I'll get Evil Terror quite a bit. Oh, hey. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that, which, which totally works. Uh, How for do me. they know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's it is it is quite it is quite comical. It, but 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 on the operation side, you said you use Hootsuite, so I use Buffer. Yes. Okay, you know, and and so my you know my process is long, so it would take us the entire time of this to talk about the whole thing. But once once I have published the episode on Captivate or scheduled the episode uh -huh. on Captivate, once I've scheduled the article to post on my website, and then third, once I've scheduled the newsletter to send via uh -huh. ghost, which I'm using. The fourth thing I do is fire up uh, buffer, which is connected to my Facebook page, my Twitter, personal Twitter account, and my LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. And that same cold open, um, I paste that into, into buffer. I grab the page URL from Webflow, which is my uh, website CMS hosting platform. Mm -hmm. And that gets put into buffer for schedule to go out at, uh, well, I have to, my first thing is I schedule it for 10. Yes. But then I go and edit Facebook to say, no, make that 11 and LinkedIn, make that 1030. So it goes to Twitter at 10, LinkedIn at 1030, Facebook at 11. And you can set your watch to that as, as well, as much yes. as you can by any social media posting platform, right? You can right. set it to the, right. to the minute at least, right? So people who know who are watching on, on, on Facebook, who, you know, will see it every, every day at 1030, uh -huh. bing, there's a new episode available of Podcast Pontification. And again, that's important because people are creatures of habit. They are. And they are. In, yes. Yeah. And they'll be looking for it. They will be you looking bet. for it. I will yeah. get emails from people 
If I am not, if they don't see things at like two or three minutes afterwards, I will start getting emails or messages. Everything okay? Yep. yep. You know, and sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. So I've tried <laughs> to now be better at that. If I'm going to skip a day that I failed to announce it, I try to make an announcement early. No episode is coming out today mm-hmm. because reasons. So mm-hmm. just deal with it to, to head people off because you are right. They are expecting, even though this podcasting stuff was supposed to be and is on demand, a significant number of your people will expect it at a certain time. So why not deliver on that? Yeah. Not hurting anybody. You're not hurting anybody. No. All right. Let me ask you one more question about the operation, operationalizing. We're just going with that. That's a seven little, it's a seven syllable word. So operationalizing. Yes. I get you. you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, I, t- I lied. Two more questions. The first question is, tell me about buy me a coffee. Because that was the, yours was the first place I saw yep. buy me a coffee. And you consistently tell people that they can buy you a coffee. So talk, tell us about that. I mean, yeah. I love coffee too. But. <laughs> so it's a crowdsource funding platform. It's, it's Patreon. It's mm-hmm. KO-FI. It's the other hundred that have been out, these tip jars is really what it is. And and we've sure. seen iterations of these in podcasting almost since the very beginning uh, of podcasting. Uh, and I'd played around with Patreon when my wife and I were traveling the world and we were using Patreon as, as a funding source. People can actually send us money. And if you send us more than a certain amount of money, we would send you a postcard from wherever we were traveling around the world. And if you send us even more than that, we would put something special on that postcard. which means we would like spill beer almost all the time. That's typically what it was on the postcard and deliver that. And people would love getting postcards from us with a beer stain from some pub in Hanoi, Vietnam. It was crazy. It was crazy. So that was my introduction into the, the world of these crowdfunding things. I was like, okay, this, this actually, these actually work this audience support. When I started doing podcast pontifications, I didn't have anything like that. I wasn't, mm-hmm. there was no one, and I didn't want to start another Patreon for it, right? Because a lot of those come with the implement, Im, implication or the, um, yeah, whatever word I'm trying to say, uh, that you should give something away. And I'm already giving something away. It's the, it's the content. So I, yes. I wanted, I, I wasn't even thinking about that. But I met G. Joe, the guy who runs Buy Me a Coffee at mm-hmm. a podcast conference. He had just pivoted, he was making, a podcast listening app called Brew, B-R-E-W, which is now oh. defunct. And I liked, I don't even remember what he was doing other than I liked the idea he had with this thing, but it didn't work. I'm walking through one of the podcast conferences pre-pandemic and this guy walks up to me and he says, hi, I'm Gijo from Brew. And I'm like, hey, we'd had a conversation. And he told me about switching to buy me a coffee. And I thought, cool, this guy comes up to me at a conference and says this new thing he's switching it to, I'm going to give it a shot. And yeah. so I started, you know, I've launched a very easy buy me a coffee page and started mentioning it at the end of each one of my episodes. And yeah, here we go. I, it's, it's certainly not making me rich by any stretch of the imagination, but, but I like it. And I think it gives people like yourself, Betty, you're a supporter, you know, um, a, a feel good checkbox yeah. to say, yeah, I want this thing in the world and mm-hmm. I want it to continue. And I don't really expect anything other than I needed to continue. So if, if a $5 monthly contribution helps that great, I'm, I'm yes. going, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And I, I love the idea at first. I will, I'll, I'll be honest. I was like, what, this is weird. Like 
buy me a coffee. Like I want you to actually really buy, like I want to sit and drink coffee with you, not just <laughs> yeah. like buy me a what? Um, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Well, just so you know, now you can buy me a coffee. Oh. Uh, I, I signed up a few months back and I actually had my first supporter and I was like, oh, that's so nice. Yeah. She was like, yeah, I just, she actually bought me three coffees. She's like, hey, I just really appreciate what you're doing. And you know what? That's cool. That's really it cool. Is. And, uh, is. and uh, it's, it's a great way for people to, to tell you that they like what you're doing and that they appreciate it because we don't necessarily get that feedback Mm-mm. in podcasting. It's not like, it's hard. like you, well, like you said, downloads mean nothing yep. pretty much. And yep. so that doesn't tell us that it's making an impact. So unless people actually tell us yeah. or show us in some way, we don't know. Yeah, exactly. And as you said, you know, you you shout at Hootsuite when it doesn't do what you want. Oh, I'm sure people that. shout back at their phones when we both say something they don't like yes. on our podcast. But there's, or when we do, they're probably like, "Oh, that's so great!" Right? Yeah. There's no way for us to get that feedback. That's podcast. Yeah. One of podcasting's problem is as much as we want to call it an intimate medium, it's not because the person can't be intimate with us. Right. <laughs> uh, but this is a way. This is, and there are lots of other ways. You know, you and I both use uh, Buy Me a Coffee, right? But Neither are sponsored by Buy Me a Coffee, and there are lots of other services out there. I just happen to like it because the founder came up and chatted with me at a conference one time. Which is a, which is why that's why I end up using the tools that I do because somebody yeah. else has, has recommended sure. it. That Recommendations I trust. are always great. Always great. All right, last question about operationalizing. Like I got that time. So, what operationalizing systems would you recommend for? I don't know, a weekly podcast that's like I don't know, thirty-five to fifty minutes on average, run by a quirky redhead, just hmm. hypothetically. For yeah, yeah, uh, for instance, right? Just for instance. <laughs> Any suggestions? Uh, yeah. So, I always like to start thinking. Think big. Mm. Think really big. Think about your process from end to end. Think about where you capture your notes and your ideas of things you want to talk about, the the list of guests that you actually have, all of those things, the the very, very early thing, all the way through the production process, simply the publishing process to the promotional process, you know, Mm -hmm. end to end. And again, as you said, ending things is hard. So Mm -hmm. first thing to do is to get a holistic picture which is very hard to do for someone who hasn't yet started their podcast. But mm-hmm. if this hypothetical quirky redhead has started yes. her podcast, right, then she probably has uh, a, a good handle of all of those things, but she probably hasn't written them down. She probably hasn't done I this step-by-step. Hypothetically, you might be right. <laughs> possible. So, so I would suggest, you know, clear your mind, clear your deck, whatever, get a whole bunch of pieces of paper. You know, I, I like I like to use eight and a half uh, by eleven, or for our European audience, A four. You can use that one too. Uh-huh. I don't really care. Sure. I'd switch to A four in a heartbeat if I if I didn't live in America. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I would get a whole stack of those things, and I like to write each task I do down on the entire piece, which is the top. You know, and yeah. take a, I, I, I like using sharpies because I have terrible handwriting. So I will, you know, take the first inch or so of the thing, and I'll write down the thing. Yes. You know, invite guest. Okay, hold on to that. You know, uh, I will write this something else, you know, post to Twitter. Great. Write that up. Put that stack of paper together, you know, over, mm-hmm. over on the side. Just write everything possible down. Dump it out of your brain. You can do the whole, whatever you want to do, how, whatever your process says. I like doing it physically there. And then that will give you a, a holistic overview. You start laying it out and then you fill in the gaps. Hang on. 
if in order for me to post something on Twitter, don't I have to write something on Twitter? Is it the uh, same thing I'm writing on LinkedIn? Shit, now I got to go write down this. So there's another piece of paper. So you get those sure. huge stacks. And then what you will see, and I've done this so many times, I've seen this, you go, holy cow, there are a crazy amount of steps. Yep. And a lot of those steps are quite creative. You know, mm -hmm. just talk it's, to the guest, take right? take longer. Yeah. Some, and some things you really can't put down in, in a tight, super operation. You know, you, you, it's, yes, you, you have a setting up set questions you're going to ask, but it's the questions in between that you can't really plan for. So plenty, leave room for things that are created to be creative, but all the other stuff that is not creative, mm -hmm. you know, post, you know, upload these things that are easily done by a robot that are you, that's the stuff you want to operationalize and find yeah. out how it all ties in together. So you're not doing a whole bunch of extra work. So start from the big, 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 big picture and then start focusing down on the individual elements that you can operationalize. And the third thing is, and the last thing is, how do those link together? Those pieces yeah. that are able to be operational. What's the red line you could draw between all of those things? Once you start doing that, that's when you find the efficiencies and how you can stop doing the same thing six or seven times. Like I, I am always puzzled when I see someone a client that I'm working with when they go into their podcast and they show me the process and they, when they get to the section where they're publishing, where it says the description of the show, mm -hmm. when I see them type in their show notes there, it's like, I, mm. I don't type anything in any of the fields on my podcast hosting platform. Everything's a copy paste. Yeah. I've written it all somewhere else in a, in a tool that's designed for, you know, writing things yes, right. and then I copy and paste, but a, a, a huge number of people do not do that. Mm. They fill out those forwards with their keyboard as, and I, I use well, the co command C, command yeah. C, everything is copied and pasted. I yeah. never write a thing, you know, in, yeah. in those tools, but anyhow, that's the way my brain does. So that's it. Those are my, those are my big tips. For I think those that. are great tips. For that Good. hypothetical redhead that might be out there. I should find out if she really exists and check in with her to see how she's doing. You should. You should indeed. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, as we are wrapping up, I want to ask you a couple of quick questions that I ask all of my guests. Okay. So the first one is, how do you align your passion with your work? So... I think the term passion gets overused a lot because I have a whole lot of things that I am passionate about, but they also have a lot of things that I'm just really interested in. And sure. to me, they're, they're not the same, um, but, but they're both equally important. I've got a lot of very wild interests. For a lot of my life, I had to separate the two because the thing that brought me income, mm -hmm. which was advertising was not something that I was particularly passionate about at all. Yes. I was interested in it because it was a math puzzle for my brain. Like how we, this is the, this is the business puzzle, right? This is what we're trying to achieve. How do we get there? And it's not just dump money in, into a campaign, right? So, so that was kind of fun. But, but now, uh, since I've left the advertising world behind, luckily, mm -hmm. to me, there's a lot more of the life and the passion that, that comes into the thing. It's all about work-life balance. You know, it's all about work-life work life live balance. Uh, and to me, uh, I think I'm a terrible person to ask that question of because I'm I'm actually able to, I hate to say that this way, I'm going to say it this way. Well, let me, let me change what I said. I'm able to 
make an income doing the thing, doing one of the things I'm truly passionate about, sure. which is making podcasting better. So I'm, I'm able to do that, not just because people like you support me, but also because I put that into place with all the clients that I work with who are paying me significant amounts of money to help them make their podcast better and, and all of podcasting better. So yes. I'm fortunate in that. But there are plenty of my other passions, which are just part of my life, you know, playing bass guitar, seeing my grandkids, uh, you know, hanging out by the pool on Memorial Day weekend, for instance, those sorts of yes. things. And you just yeah. got I just, I just make sure, you know, you can't really, there's an odd edge of make time for this stuff. Well, there's, there's no making time, right? Because we only have 24 hours a day. It's all about finding it. So yes. we just, we just carve it out and, and be better. Yeah. I like that. Especially the part where, you know, laying up by the pool. That sounds great. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay. So what, what is the message that you would want to get out to our listeners? What do you want them to remember? It can be topic related or not. Well, let's stay on topic uh, of this. Their podcasting is a creative process. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, the, the most exciting bits about podcasting is when you get to be creative, in my opinion. Yes. It, it, the holistically, it, it is extremely creative and operationalizing things. And I've spent a long time in business operations is rarely seen as creative. <laughs> quite, it's quite true. the opposite, right? You're, you're, you're compartmentalizing, you're, you're productizing, you're commoditizing all those various things. And I don't disagree with that, but I will tell you this, figuring out how to operationalize your podcast is super creative. Mm. You have to be critical because everything I just told you that I do will not work for you. Yeah. It's how I do it. it. It works right. for me to get this show out there. The idea is take, take some of these lessons and lessons you hear from other people about how to operationalize things. And that process I figured out is super creative. And once you get it done, once you mm -hmm. get it all done again, remember it's going to change again, but once you get it done, at least for a while, you don't have to worry about those pesky operational things. You can just focus on being creative because yes. now you've got a process to take care of all the non-creative things. And that's very freeing. It is very freeing. Agreed. How can people connect with you if they want to after the show? Best way to do that, um, if you would like to email me, great. Love to hear from you. Evo at simpler.media. Uh, you can check out podcast pontifications if you like. And also the the social act, uh, only social tool that I have any uh, activity on whatsoever. I'm on all of them, but the one I actually am active on is uh, Twitter, uh -huh. where I am simply at Evo Terra. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Evo Terra, for sharing your thoughts today. Thanks for hanging around and listening in on this awesome conversation. If you like this podcast and you want to show support, please go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash If You Ask Betty to learn how you can support this and future If You Ask Betty projects. Tell your friends and watch for another episode of the If You Ask Betty podcast soon. Peace out.